Stunt Podcast. Hey everybody, before we begin today's spotlight with Katie Bast, I just wanted to introduce November's sponsor of the show, Async Art, the new blockchain art movement where people can create, collect, and trade programmable art. If you don't know, programmable artwork is made up of different layers that can evolve over time, reacting to its owners or even external factors like stock prices and the weather. And Async has a pretty big November coming up. On November 6th, you can check out a layer change on Micah Johnson's artwork, Sovereignty, that'll celebrate Bitcoin birthday for one of the children pictured in the art. The change will reveal a wallet, QR code, and address that will accept Bitcoin donations to help fund the child's future. On November 15th, look out for a crazy big drop featuring Trevor Jones and a lot of money of a work titled ETH Boy. The date could change, so make sure you stay tuned for future updates. And for all the updates and for everything else, make sure you go to async.art. That's A-S-Y-N-C dot art to check out all the things about async art. And now let's get into today's show. Okay, we're live. This is Matthew, and I'm back with another Scent Spotlight interview. I'm really excited to have the chance to speak with artist Kitty Bast today. Uh, she just came off a massive sale over on Async Art. I'm sure we're going to talk about that during the course of our conversation. And you know we're going to talk about tattoos, the body, individuation, crypto art, all the good stuff. So I'm really excited to have this opportunity to speak with Kitty, and I'd like to welcome her to the show. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) And then to get started, uh, tell our audience a little bit about who you are and maybe a little bit of your background to get started. Yeah, so uh, obviously I'm Katie Blast, hello, Um, but I'm also known as Katie Shevlin, and I was born, I live and I work in Manchester, UK. Um, I did um, my BA and MA Fine Art at Manchester School of Art also, Um, and I I just say that I really miss the studios there, um, because we're in lockdown, so I can't get in, you know, to do any messy practice work, shall we say. Um, I also um, do tattooing, and I've been tattooing for quite some time. Um, I like to create not only digital art, but I also love to make like physical pieces, so like sculpture, installation, painting. I'm really, I'm like a polyvocal, messy uh, person when it comes to like a fine art practice. Um, my work kind of explore maybe themes of um, from anything from, say, the uncanny to the body, identity, the abject otherness. And obviously I'm obsessed with cats, of course, <laughs> but I've also owned, like, rats, a ferret, and a digu, bless him, recently gone, um, Petrie, but he was obsessed with dandelions, and I thought, well, he's, I should mention that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. And, I mean, there's a lot of themes in there that I, I hope we can get into and cover, especially identity, the body. Um, it's really cool that you're the at least the second tattooist that I've had on the show. Uh, Skinny, I think, was the first. I, I feel like that connection between um, using the human body as a canvas and then using both like physical canvas and digital canvases to create art, I, f- I feel like there's definitely a lot of threads that we can pull on there. But before we before we get to all that, I'm curious if you could kind of go back a little in your creative journey uh, and just chart out like from 
the beginning of when you became, I guess, creatively inspired uh, until now. I know you went to, and you've been classically trained at uh, Manchester School of, of Art, but I'm curious, when did the creative bug actually bite you? Uh, was that much earlier or did that happen just when you entered university? Yeah, no, um, definitely. Like, it's definitely been like, I think, well, since I can remember, I'd say since birth, but I don't remember right that far back, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I'd say it, it all started probably with, with my dad. He had like this flat and like it started from there because every time I would go to his flat, he would have, he would, every week, and this is not a joke, he would like paint and put massive murals on the wall, things from like Tank Girl and Animal Scenes. He'd be painting on the wall, so when I come in, I'd see this painted piece, and he was he was amazing at it. It's something that's really in my family, like you know, art is quite you know spread across my family. So I've grown up around that. Um, he'd also like like it just be all over the place. Like he was real, he was what I'd say like an art, a proper artist because his 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 flat in the way was like his studio it's crazy like he had like sculptures lying everywhere and they were amazing you know just things like these 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 women with like these copper things coming out of the head these were like big sculptures and things and and also like um when he told me um one of the last times I saw him he pulled out all these um paintings he saved what I did when I was about six years old so this is where I, where I say it maybe started um of things like I painted repeatedly like this scarecrow I don't know why but it was a scarecrow and I painted it like 20 some times in the same kind of way and I kept and I said you know I'd love to mint one of these scarecrows you know if you can pull them out again I, I thought that would be such a cool idea as well um but yeah as well like they growing up like my dad um even my mum was creative and they also had tattoos on their body as well so I've also been around that from a young age so it makes sense really um why that would happen um but yeah so my mum had tattoos my dad had tattoos they were both creative they both drew made things with the hands and then obviously from that I was always drawing I always wanted to draw my dad always encouraged it and really I think he's one of the reasons he pushed me to say that don't just, you know, you you can be what you want. And it's like, rather than, you know, like, because you get some, with some parents, you can be told, well, you need a job, you need to do this. You know what I mean? But he was like, just, you can make money doing your art. He says, I know one day that you will. And it's like, and I never believed it, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's weird how it's kind of now happening. And, and art was always a safe place as well through through school. Um, as and I don't know if this is something I should really declare, but I think um, maybe I should. I don't. It'll either go against me or it won't. <laughs> but like through school, um, it was quite rough for me, and art was a really safe place there. And I put my head into it there because um, I have like high functioning autism, so things were really rocky. Like, like I get really nervous about stuff. Um, so I really put my head into that. And then obviously I went straight to college and I did art there as well. And fine art was where they placed me. But 
you know, they said, well, you, you, you do really well in the foreign art side of things, you know. So I, and I kept going with that. And then, but then I did tattoo apprenticeships at the same time because you obviously, you need a way to, you know, try and make money as well at the same time. But I wanted to keep it creative and something I was interested in. So I, I ended up actually doing two tattoo apprenticeships with two different artists. Um, and that was really cool to get to see two different, you know, ways. And then eventually I went to art school in Manchester and did my BAME and I've developed what I can only call a strange polyvocal practice, which is what the tutor actually said to me. He said, this is very polyvocal, <laughs> you know, many voices and that. And, um, and he, but he did encourage me to paint as well. But um, I'd say now that this this fine art practice that I developed while I don't really I don't show any of that in the crypto art space it definitely creeps in if you know it definitely is creeping into like my crypto art that I mean it's crossing over you know can you like in some of your the work where you you see it seeping in to your crypto work are, are there any examples yeah like I'd say like with this the crossover for me is like in in the studios I might take objects and things and I will put, mark them or put things onto them if that makes sense so you treat an object like a body if that makes sense and the tattoo comes into it there as well and it's happening it's kind of crept in like with some of the work that I've been doing like these tattoo things are creeping in again these marks this urge to mark the body and treating it and then but I'm wanting to almost push it that way but it's like oh, I feel it's like I feel like I should keep these what messy practice apart if you get what I mean mm. it's it's an interesting tension because you can definitely I mean listening to your journey you can you can almost see everything in your work I mean your latest piece her mind had gone out for a stroll and fallen down the rabbit hole that sold for a massive i guess combined like over 40 eth right on ace and card yeah i mean you can see i mean very clearly prominently uh the tattoos on her body i mean just it's everything in your bio that you've said about yourself is like in that piece right um it's it's an amazingly powerful piece and I just wanted to, before we get into like a specific piece, I kind of wanted to ask you like a general question since you work on and you work across so many different types of canvas. Like what, what is a canvas to you? Like how does like a human canvas versus just a, a physical uh, cloth-based canvas or a digital canvas, how do you think of these different canvases in your, your work? So now for me, after going to art school I do see as a canvas as mm-hmm. not as a canvas it's like it is an actual body like I see things as bodies if that makes sense to to I'm starting to see them more now it's weird even the more I make more crypto art as well the more I, the more I'm I'm looking at things like well the bodies to mark or the you know and then but this the digital thing with me is strange because like in my art, my fine art practice, I didn't do, you know, the digital um, art making. It was something that I kind of, I've all, I always wanted to do, but I only started doing 
like say on with procreate and things like that i only did that like a, like i started doing that maybe a couple of years ago messing about with that mm-hmm. um but yeah the the body is canvas thing is uh it's it's weird it makes sense to me but i can't always fully explain if that means <laughs> mm. i mean it definitely feels when you say body it reminds me of just like tattoos and i mean for for the digital art it sounds like in your your career that sort of came last i mean you started drawing scarecrows at least your earliest memory when you're six and you kind of progress from there and college or uni is when the tattoo the professional kind of apprenticeship for tattooing started and then digital came last and i'm wondering like the digital to crypto art connection how did how did that come about oh right uh, yeah uh, and then, um, yeah no actually i think thank would be um crypto illa and cult bits um i'm not sure if you know crypto illa he um he did he was early on super rare and he did um the missing satoshi milk carton i don't know if you remember that piece yeah 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 that was crypto illa and he was he was the one who was saying you should do it, you know, um, put, put, you know, put your art on, you should do it. And he was speaking to, I think it was Javo. But yeah, he was talking to him like um, quite a bit. And he was saying, yeah, she should definitely do it as well. And I didn't do it straight away. And I regret not doing it straight away. I really do. Like, but it was, my life was in chaos at that time. Like with, with, because I was um, doing like, you know, I was at art school still and I had big like shows to sort out there. It was like a massive like thing we were doing. So I I didn't have the time. I just simply didn't have the time. And then I've got, I had this family things were getting into fame as well. So like my grandmother, bless her, has dementia. And that was a, a really nasty thing to happen. You know I mean? Really cruel, really cruel. And so, yeah, things kind of, what I'm saying is, got in the way. I wish I'd got it here sooner. You know, so Cryptoilla pushed me into that. And I'm so glad he did. And Cult Bits also was a part of that in telling me to get on it as well. Mm. Don't think you're late at all, because I feel like we're all still so damn early in this space. And yeah. Anyway, I mean, everyone has, it seems like everyone's found you. I always like to scoop some work of the the guests that I have on the show, but you're totally sold out. (laughs) Like, I I have to wait for the secondary market and someone to to maybe accept a bid. So, I mean, you found it obviously at the right time, I would say. Oh, no, that's cool. (laughs) I feel like it's weird. You feel like sometimes you're a bit in a limbo, I think. I don't know how to explain that. (laughs) <laughs> like you, you feel like you got your kind of early, but not if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like everyone that's not like Satoshi probably has that feeling at one point or another, <laughs> right? But I have a couple other like high level concepts that I want to discuss with you um, that are so prominent in your work. Uh, first of all, just the the idea of individuation, and it feels like you're you're constantly trying to to show the process this is my interpretation of of how individuals really fully become their authentic selves. And it feels like tattoos are really powerful de- device or tool, um, both in the real world and then also in your, in your digital work to kind of show that strength or 
autonomy or like that authentic self. And I'm curious if you could kind of dig into like what you think about when it comes to individuation and the role that that tattoos have there. Um, and then maybe in particular, like how, how tattoos play a strong role uh, in that regard for for women and some of the female images that you so prominently and strongly draw. Yeah. Um, so with individuation and stuff like that, um, obviously the I think there's always been something, I don't know, like I think, can I talk about this? Like, you know, kind of, I don't know if you get this, but like, as in if you have it, like, but you know, like you go about your life growing up and, and things just, you've got interests, you've got desires, you've got things you really love and you're attracted to. And then you find, and then it's weird because when you go to art school and you do, you start doing your research and exploring things and the visual things that you make, you start finding these weird answers and things and you start finding these paths and alleys that you start going down and exploring these weird theories and things like that. And, and then I, that's how I came across this this thing with like you know obviously like Carl Jung and that like the shadow self and things like that it was Archetypes. so interesting yeah yeah so interesting like and it makes so much sense like this and the id and things and fried and um there's just so many things um but yeah with like tattoos with um with with women uh as well is like um but, you know, when you look into that as well, you really, like, I remember growing up, I do remember, like, um, my dad's, one of my dad's girlfriends, Beverly, had a lot of tattoos. Um, and I remember just thinking these, like, you know, pretty pictures and things like that. And, and, and I remember, it, and this just shows, like, the difference in thinking as well, like, people's minds. Then you'll get one person who's, who'll say, no, it's ugly. You don't want a child looking like that. And it's like, whoa, you said it was, oh, there for men. You know what I mean? Men wear tattoos are criminals. And, and it's like, and he's like, no. <laughs> and um, I don't know if it's an, an act of, you know, being a rebel, but I, but I see it as like when a woman has tattoos, she's kind of reclaiming herself, like her body, um, you know, um, and it's like she's often seen as if she had if she's overly tattooed, she'll be seen as um, monstrous, like the monstrous to oh, the rookie. Um, what's the word? I forgot the name now. Um, it's like repulsive. Like it's, that's what it's. I'm not saying everybody views it that way at all. Like, but like you'll get like there's a lot of common, the common. Um, Definitely more conservative places will definitely have that. A lot of people will have that sort of mindset and perspective on heavily tattooed individuals, particularly females. And I, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, like that it's, you know, that a tattooed body on a woman is a repulsive body or it's, but one, one in my mind, I feel like what, you know, from reading about it, it's the experiences that, it's almost often like I hear a lot of guys saying like, and I, I, I'd never like argue with people their opinions are their own and their thoughts are their own. Like, and but like they will often say to me, "Oh, I don't like tattoos on I women." I've heard it so many times. I think it's ugly. It's horrible. And um, I, I won't go near a woman if she's got tattoos. And it's like, well, why? And I, and the more I think about, it, the more I realize it's because I think when you have a tattoo. 
and like you realize that it, you, you kind of send a message as well as a woman I think that well maybe I don't want to be controlled maybe I don't you know what I mean like maybe I want to be me I want to be me and this is me and I think some people maybe could be put off by that I don't know but then from reading about it as well that's not just me that thinks that there's these things I've read as well you know like the philosophy around tattoos and things like that (laughs) Hmm. no it's really interesting I mean it definitely feels like especially within the past 10 20 years you've seen tattoos becoming more and more accepted in certain parts of the world um obviously more like metropolitan more more urban areas you're seeing a lot of more folks in the professional class like just really be tatted up like pretty substantially really it's really kind of interesting to see that change because traditionally no one had tattoos or if they did they they very rarely showed them or if they were shown like i think you describe some of the archetypes like rebels right some like outsiders in like films and tv and whatnot like they're the or criminals they're the ones that had the tattoos and it was just like really it was like um the sim- symbolism was like really basic but now it's it's really transcended or started to transcend um into to modern times so i think that transition for me that's the most interesting thing as an observer it's like that's a very interesting change uh, in a very short amount of time and i think it really is like individuals staking their claim and saying we we can do things differently and like we are our own i don't want to say master but we're in control of our own lives but on the flip side i know you're you're very focused on the individual part but in your mind like how does a strong individual how does individuation process interact with the broader community and collectives around us i don't believe you are just you you are part of everyone if that makes sense um like you can never i don't think fully really just be you if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um i just i think you are made from others as well the other like i'm really interested that's i think it's cool as well the idea of the other and like it's all, I think it comes back to that idea of things like maybe xenophobia as well, isn't it? Like like people that fear of encroaching on your identity and things like that. Um yeah. So I think it's it's good to accept chunks of things because I think that's that's one way you 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 build your identity, you need other things to go off, don't you? Totally. I think I read this somewhere in, in your bio, but you, you were talking about this reference to the magpie and how our identities are like a, a nest constructed by a magpie picking and choosing all these little bits and pieces and trinkets from who knows where, right? I, yeah. I kind of, I feel like that is sort of interrelated. And I mean, I think that's kind of a cool jump off to uh, some of the collaborations that you've been doing, uh, at least in the crypto art sphere. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, the artist Squirterer that you had a recent collaboration with and collaborations in crypto art are something I'm super fascinated about because it somehow I feel like collaborations in crypto art happen more frequently than they would in, in the offline world, or at least um, they're mentioned a lot more. It's easier to kind of 
attribute or attribute um, your, your cool collaborators. I'm curious, like how did your, your collaborations in crypto art come about and what have you learned or what, what's the experience been like collaborating uh, with others to make works of crypto art? Yeah, so it's definitely a lot easier than in the physical world. <laughs> so, like, in the physical world, because, like, do you know, this has been um, so much better for, for someone who's got um, HFA high, which is not, it's, um, it's been such, um, I don't know, it's been amazing for me to find this because digitally, like, I, you know, communicating digitally, is so much easier for me than in person and thinking and minding people in person if that makes sense. That makes total sense. Yeah, because I'm I kind of you know I can plan more as well within the digital. I can plan better. I can be more organised. I feel um, and in person I kind of sometimes maybe I might well fall apart. <laughs> Just not, not like I don't cry or anything like that. <laughs> like you know, it's, <laughs> but, but it'll be like. <laughs> I just kind of, you know, because uh, the communication is a bit, I might freeze and they'll be like, all right, you know. Like, but, um, so, yeah. So, um, but no, the, with the co-op, it was really easy to reach out to people and be like, oh, I really like your style. Um, I, you know, I connect with this or, um, and this idea with the co-op, um, this project that we've, and I want to keep that going, you know, where I'm kind of giving the, well, it doesn't matter if it's a lady or a guy, if a guy wants to do it, you can do. I think there is a um, a, a guy in the lineup for this, this collab project, um, which will be cool, um, where I'll just give them like um, a, a canvas body lady. I call it like a lady as canvas. And... I think the idea behind it, like the underpinning, is, is um, interesting as well. Like I didn't. It's weird how sometimes you can make things or do things, have an idea, and then maybe not actually fully kind of read it until after it's been processed. You know, it's weird. Like, um, so I'll like pass them a blank lady, so like a lady that really doesn't have an identity, or maybe, maybe you know, maybe she doesn't, you know, but she doesn't. She's very blank. And then the artist will come in and they'll mark that body with these, we call it, I'll, I'll call it like tattooing their style, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or then they can give it hair if they like, they can do what they want with it. So a bit like dressing a dolly as well or creating it. So it becomes a weird like toy process for them as well, which then comments on thing, other things, I guess, like, you know, this thing is being controlled in a, in a way as well, like, because it's being, manipulated by the artist as well um but then when it comes back it's always a it's a mad experience for me because I never expect what it's gonna fully look like and they've always transformed it it's like so that I'm giving them something with no identity and they're absolutely transforming it and giving it its own like voice and they always tend to come back as these I'd say more powerful voices it's so interesting that digital tattoo project or collaboration project that you've been putting out because it's surprising how distinct the voices are and how, how great the harmony is. The collaborations that you've done, at least for the digital tattoo series, 
it's very, very harmonious and very beautiful and very, very striking and powerful in very different ways. Yeah, so I think it's such a cool idea. Thank you. <laughs> and you're because you are sold out everywhere. Do you have an approach to collect your experience? Do you reach out to them? Do you talk to them? Um, or is it just like a transactional uh, interaction? I'm, I'm curious what your approach to your collectors is. Yeah, so um, I don't ever like, I won't like reach out to um, collectors before because I, I, I don't know, I, I personally find it maybe like a bit rude to like, I don't know, I don't, this isn't me, it's not that I won't reach out and want to talk to people and say hi or, you know what I mean? But I, I'm someone who kind of, if I don't reach out to someone, it's it's not because I don't want to. Mm-hmm. It's because I feel like a bit rude to kind of oh you know I feel like I'm inv- being invasive. Um, but obviously, if somebody messages me, then it's like hey yeah right I'll be totally like I'll, you know I want to chat with you and that. <laughs> like um, but I kind of I think it's weird sometimes maybe I shouldn't work like that you know letting people come to me maybe it seems a bit thingy but um, I'd say with collectors like. I've just kind of, because I never know what to expect and I don't obviously know who's going to like what, you know. So if a collector does buy a piece or bids on a piece, I will like, um, like, do, like I'll tweet about it saying thanks, you know, just to let them know I really appreciate it. And most of the time I will like direct message um, someone then because then I want to say a personal thank you because, like, to show that I really appreciate, like, that, you know, like, because for me, I know that they're collecting an NFT or maybe they're investing, but it, it's, it, you know, it's really um, precious for me, you know, that some, you're collecting my piece, my something I've poured a bit of myself into, you know. Um, so, yeah, I will then talk to them because maybe, you know, that's the, I think that's the right thing to do, and I'll try my best to like you know keep up with them and communicate with them. No, well, that sounds perfectly natural. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> yeah, yeah, winning formula. And I'm curious, like, um, what does the rest of 2020 hold for you? Um, well, obviously, like like you said, there's uh, there's things to mention at the whip which is, I'm, I'm excited about that, that's, that's cool. <laughs> um, I am, um, but I've got, I can't obviously show you, but um, I can then, but like I've got a, a piece um, that's going to be like the first, um, like I've made an original oil painting on canvas, but um, with like acrylic also, and like she's going to be like the first um, original piece that I like link to an NFT and I'm gonna drop that on Super. Oh, wow, um, okay. And I'll probably maybe talk about some of that um, um, a little bit. But like there is there's other things as well. So um, there's loads of things like like I've also got um, I need I need to like bless bless them honestly. Um, Snow Crash. Um, he gave me a piece of land insomnium to build and I've not finished it yet and I need to finish that because I feel awful because I've not done it, I've finished it yet. Um, 
because I've just been stupid busy, obviously not just with crypto, but there's like other work and there's family and, you know, all sorts of things going on. Um, but also like we have, um, I think coming up is, you've probably heard of Walker, I call it Walker, Women of Crypto um, the ladies, <laughs> like um, they've organised, I don't even know if it's just be saying this, but I'm sure they're not going to mind, I think they probably will put it out there. Um, like they're doing like a massive um, tarot card collab, on a, I think they try and get it on a SIM card. Um, I've done the justice card for that, so that's cool, I'm really excited about that. Oh, that's going to be dope. <laughs> and um, I'm, um, I mean, I'll say something. But this is, is a bit, it was a bit of a secret because, like, nobody knows. But, um, like, <laughs> they don't, like, I really love messing with clay and sculptures, as, as I've said to you before. So um, it makes sense because a lot of people have actually referred to the, the, um, the images I've made as, um, like, dolls and things. And I will, I will admit that, like, you know, there is, there is, I, Within my references that I use, there is there is things like dolls there but for references, and it's cool that that's come out. But they're not supposed to be looking that way. If that makes sense, <laughs> they're not supposed to be looking that way. Um, they're just references. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, and so like, but so the idea is that I think I've it's inspired me a bit to like think right. Well, I think I want to create like an NFT. Um, of like an actual physical clay or sculpted doll Ooh. and maybe with a marked body. Um, so like an actual, you know, like a sculpted doll, like trying to keep it maybe best as I can to what's going on in these images. So would that be like another example of your physical plus NFT like tokenized Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. So it would be like, but obviously they're all going to, like totally link and connect so hopefully the styles with you know of the pieces i've done should be seen in like the upcoming painting the the sculpture piece that i want to do that's going to be so cool i think there's two people now that have done something having the like the physical like statue plus the the tokenized version of the nft m lipti I think was the first one that I came across that did that with his uh, shadow statues, maybe, maybe a year ago. Um, and then recently uh, Fabien Rashid did something messing around with like physical st- statues and then tokenized NFTs in a really interesting way. Uh, so super, super keen to see what you're able to cook up. And then the last question I like to, to finish on um, is I know in the space, there's a lot of artists who also collect other artists work I'm, I'm curious do you collect any crypto art in the space or are you still waiting to snag your first piece of crypto art yeah well i'm not um i i, I definitely i would definitely want common collector but like this there's loads of pieces i've seen that you know i thought oh i want that but it's sometimes it's sometimes it's like well, that, that's a lot of, that's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like there is a there's a couple I've 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 nabbed because there was like um, a good price. Um, 
Who'd you scoop? You know, that was cute, you know, something it was like a cute little images like a bunny rabbit. I think it was Osiris Orion, if that's how you say his name. He did this cute little bunny. I was like, Oh, that's cute. Like it said fiend <laughs> on it and everything and I want that. And it was dead cheap. I thought, why not? Oh, and I also bought I think off is it Gaboosh? Is that how you say it? The collector. Um I bought I think it's um the daughter, um Katie she's called as well. And um she's um started putting her crypto art up and there was this little cat and so I was like I want this little cat so I got that one as well <laughs> so I don't I don't actually collect but if I see something that I really want then you know I'll probably go for it like the last thing I really wanted but I know I, I probably could not afford was um a hacktail kitty the oh yeah kitty. oh my god yeah the little lady one <laughs> The perfect tale, I think it was, that one. Actually, you brought up a question that I, I can't believe we haven't talked about yet. I, I know you alluded to it um, in the beginning when you're introducing yourself, and obviously it's it's in your uh, artist name. But like, what's the connection with you and kitties? Oh, kitties! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love them. <laughs> no, no, no! I think I just do. I love cats and it's just I don't know the, I, I think it's what maybe this isn't the reason I like them but like I think the cats it's like they're so misunderstood like mm. um they really are like um but they are very like obviously with cats I think if you don't have that bond with them and then you're not close to them they are very like it's like they always, you know, this like you know what I mean. It's <laughs> like you and stuff. And the amount of times my cat Didymus and I named her um, Lady Didymus after Sir <laughs> Didymus from Labyrinth. <laughs> like so, it was like a play on Sir Didymus, or is it Didymus? I can't remember. Um, yeah, because he was so cute and he was a little vicious thing, wasn't he at first? Um, so it was a play on that, and she is, and she's weirdly like him, like she's. To, to new like strangers she's like quite ferocious almost and then <laughs> like it's, but when you get to know her she's a big softy right really and then I've got little Warwick named after honestly named after Warwick Davis it, like, it, he actually is <laughs> and he's so sweet he's such a sweetheart and I just love all his pieces and my first cat I had was um, called Binks <laughs> and um and he was, he was beautiful as well. Like, he was such a sweet figure. So I just kind of, I don't know, a bit, again, grown up around him. It's much, but I, I do love dogs as well. You know, I love all animals. Uh, I'm an animal person. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm glad I asked that. I wanted to, to make sure. So that's, uh, yeah, I have a big smile on my face. It's so funny listening to the names <laughs> of the cats. And then, well, I, I want to make sure that we covered everything. So I want to give you the opportunity to either talk about whatever you didn't get a chance to talk about, or if there's anything you want to shout out or any websites that you'd like to direct people to, um, this is the perfect time to do that. Yeah. So um, I am working on a website, um, but the thing is with me, it's um, I can get a bit like a bit perfectionist for that. So taking me that's going to take me some time um but I am I, we have just uh dropped in a sync piece for Halloween um we, I don't know if you've noticed with cult bits it's a collab um so and it's 
uh, a play on the Brothers Grimm, Little Red Cap, so Little Red Riding Hood. It's a play on that. And it's an autonomous piece, and it's our first autonomous assistant piece. Well, Kitty, it's been an absolute pleasure to be able to have the opportunity to speak with you, talk about your creative journey, about your work, um, some of the deeper concepts that you like to play around with. It was really fun. And then, of course, listening to your Kitty names. So I just want to thank you for your time. Wish you the best and hope you keep on creating. Thank you very much. It's really nice to meet you and talk to you as well. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Once again, I just want to shout out November's sponsor of the show, Async Art. Everyone should go to async.art to check out all the updates for November. Look out for the layer change on Micah Johnson's sovereignty work scheduled for November 6th. And then also make sure you look out for the November 15th drop of ETH Boy, created by A Lot of Money and Trevor Jones. So thank you again. And don't forget async.art. That's A-S-Y-N-C dot art. See you next episode.